Hey, coaches, players, and parents, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my show today, but I wanted to let you know about the video course I have available to purchase on CoachTube. This course titled Plan, Prepare, and Execute Your Skill Development Program is nine videos with nearly 60 minutes of content. It also includes a free copy of my book, The Skill Development Playbook, and a PDF version of my notes used to teach this course. You get all this content for $12.95. That's right, $12.95. Plus, as a bonus for purchasing this course and downloading my book, The Skill Development Playbook, you also get access to my free five-day course with over three hours of video content that complements my book. Go to CoachTube.com and type my name, TJ Jones, in the search box, and my course will come up. So you get my plan, prepare, and execute your skill development course, which includes my notes I use to teach the course, a free copy of my book, The Skill Development Playbook, and access to my free five-day course with over three hours of content that complements my book. So go to CoachTube today and get better. Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. Season six, episode number one. Uh, got an interview for you today. We have uh, associate head coach of Yale's men's basketball team, Matthew Kingsley. Coach, we appreciate you coming on for today. Um, before we jump into it, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your coaching background, and how you journeyed up in uh, associate head coach. Here. Uh, for the Yale's man basketball. Uh, sure, thanks, TJ, for having me on. And um, so I've been at Yale for 16 years, and uh, I started out as a volunteer coach and worked my way up, and I've been the associate head coach for the last, uh, I think I'm entering my seventh year in that role. So um been at Yale a long time, and it's been, been an awesome uh, experience. You know, to be at one place for such a long time, it gives you an opportunity to really uh, focus in on a lot of different areas and um, really, if, if you have the tools to do this and, and the players to, to go from good to great. Um, and uh, so pr prior to Yale, uh, I coached at a couple of small schools, including a prep school. I started out at Clarkson University. I coached there for a year, uh, two years at St. Thomas More Prep School in Connecticut uh, with Jerry Quinn, who's been a coach there for 45 years. And then one year, or uh, actually, no, three years at Eastern Connecticut. Um, and then from there, I went to Yale. Uh, I played basketball at Wesleyan University in uh, Middletown, Connecticut, which plays uh, Division Three in the NESCAC against Williams, Amherst, Tufts, Trinity. Um, I graduated from Wesleyan in 1998 as an all-time leading three-point shooter and second all-time leading scorer. So, um, yeah, but being at Yale, it's just it's been a blessing for me. We have great players. We're able to recruit great players because 
address different areas of the program and help our team get from good to great. Yeah, because I saw on your bio, on your Twitter bio, on your Twitter bio, that your team is being uh, athlete camps in 2015, 2016, 2019, and, and 2020. So uh, you can see there the uh, the success that the program has had. Um, and so I'm sure that uh, there's some emphasis on on skill development within the program. So let's talk a little bit about skill development. Um, Tell us about when it when it comes to skill development. Uh, what is it, and, and how, or what's your definition of it, and how important is it to the game of basketball? Yeah, I mean, skill development is ha is half of it. Uh, you know, one is your God given gifts. You know, your athletic ability, your hand eye coordination. You know, your your intelligence, and then it, the other half is what you do with those God-given abilities. And so it's obviously very important. Um, we, don't, we don't at Yale typically want to rely totally on recruiting great players. We want to develop those guys. And so it's a big part of what we do. Uh, it, it, it really started to um, become an, an important piece of what we do probably Eight to ten years ago, we honed in on it. We started running ball screen motion, uh, and that gave us, um, you know, a specific skill to work around. Mm. And it really is about, to me, just giving the guys a volume, a volume of reps within that, within that, you know, one concept of basketball, ball screens. You know, it involves guards and post guys as well as the other three players that are spacing and or cutting, uh, maybe moving off the ball in a different way. But it taught our guards, uh, and we've developed this over, over years, but it taught our guards, you know, how to read the help, find the open guy. And then, you know, if you don't get a shot off of the kick out, really attacking a closeout, you're applying the same skills as you were if you were using a ball screen. Mm -hmm. So once you attack the closeout off the ball screen, it's about reading help, finding the open guy, and the guys off the ball, they're, they're basically doing the same things too. You know, whatever your scheme is or, or your game plan in that game, you know, you might be spacing, uh, you know, sprinting out to, to reshape the floor and space optimally. You might have some cutting that you need to incorporate. Uh, you know, if teams are really good at their closeouts or, the, you know, they're long and athletic and they get to you uh, or they hug up on your threes. If they're more athletic than you and they can stay in front of you one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, you might have to add some off-the-ball screening or cutting as well. And so uh, everything kind of stems from the ball screens, you know, so – we typically work against all the different types of defenses that we're going to face, mm -hmm. hard hedge, flat hedge, um, you know, when teams go under, uh, switching, and then the switching and the ice defense or when they down the side ball screen, that's more of a full team strategy mm -hmm. to attack that defense, whereas 
when teams hard hedge or flat hedge, it's really um, the guard and the post guy, you know, working together to, to find a shot. But when, when you face the switch and the ice, you basically, you know, what we do is we basically have like a, like a full team strategy where everybody has to know what's going on. Right. Now, when when y'all are doing your, your your skill development, and uh, I know I see the questions, but I, I want to kind of dive in on what you were talking about um, right here. Uh, I think it's it's really important because I try to get coaches to understand that some of the best skill development comes from within your system, right? Not necessarily not something that's bad to go to YouTube and do drills and things like this, but if you're running a ball screen motion it's great to be able to break that down into actions you know and involve two or three players so when y'all are doing skill development what's that process do you teach it to like the individual player what you want them to see and understand and then you add other players into it or do you break it down into small groups kind of what's that process for for your when it comes to breaking down your offense or your skill development? Yeah, I mean, we typically build it up uh, incrementally. Um, it's interesting because when you go one-on-o or, you know, you have a line of three guards with a small group and you're just teaching them ball screen reads, uh, they're, they're going to be working on their own offense. You know, if you're not going to use the other two guys in a group of three, say, uh, as, you know, guys spotting up, they're just working on their own offense. But the reality is with ball screens, you're very rarely trying to make a play for yourself off of a ball screen. You know, I would say that making a play for yourself off of a ball screen, that should occur, I don't know, a quarter of the time, maybe even less, mm-hmm. you know, 15% of the time. and so. Um, we do start out just with guys individually and they work on their own offense in the ball screen. But even while we're doing that, we're emphasizing, Hey, um, you know, you're not going to be looking for your own shot necessarily in the ball screen, but when that is the play, all right, these are the actions we're going to start with. You know, and so you take the defenses and like I said, hard hedge, flat hedge, you can simulate those types of defenses and the players can get their footwork down, uh, matching up their dribbles with their steps and get to the rim on the left side and the right side, shoot the mid-range, get to you know certain three-point shots. Um, and post guys, the same thing. You know, have them pop, have them uh, pop to the three, have them pop to the two, have them pop to the two and rip. Uh, and drive baseline, have them pop to the two, jab baseline, get to the middle and shoot a jump hook. And so you're developing these certain skills uh, every day, uh, one-on-one on oh, and then, you know, you're going to add another player. So now all of a sudden you, you do have your passing options, which are going to be uh, the right play, you know, 75 to, you know, 85% of the time. So if you're two-on-0 uh, with a guard spotting up, you know, you're using a ball screen against the various defenses. And you're finding your teammate. You know, the way you set up the drill is up to you. You can move the uh, the, re- the receiver of the pass around. Um, you know, have them in the throwback spot. Have them spotting up opposite. 
you know, allow them to cut um, and work those options in there. Uh, and then you can go three on O, you know, add a post guy. Uh, and typically you'd probably go two on O uh, with a guard and a post before you do that. That would probably be the next step. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the three seasons, the, the, the preseason, in season, and, and off season. When it comes to yep. your team's skill development, um, how does how does how does your skill development, your team skill development, differ throughout those three seasons? Now, obviously, we know uh, a heavy emphasis is in the off season with with skill development. So let's start with in season. Uh, how much emphasis or how much attention do your team pay to skill development uh, during the actual season? Um, well, you know, the preseason is, is primarily skill development. And then really, you know, just like if you were to relate it to like a strength and conditioning program, mm -hmm. you know, during the season, uh, a big part of it is, is just maintaining aiming that skill level um you know you <clears throat> so there's going to be certain staples that you're doing or at least the way we do it that we're doing almost on a daily basis mm -hmm. uh with the guards and that's related to uh you know getting in the paint coming to a jump stop and kicking the ball out um you know coming off the ball screen and being able to find the passing window to get the ball to the post guy on a pop or a roll or a short roll. Um, and uh, cutting too is the other, is the other sort of habit that you have to stay on, uh, you know, throughout the season. It's just that, you know, players have a tendency to pass and then stand. So if you got in the paint and you passed it, you know, it's your responsibility to sprint back out to the perimeter space the floor properly with your teammates so that the next guy has the same options off of his penetration, whether it's from a ball screen or a closeout or whatever. Um, you know, and then, so there's, there's cutting within the offense. Uh, you know, if I make a pass off of a ball screen, you know, just to reverse the ball, well, I got to cut from there to clear space for the next guy. If I stand or if I just try to fade out to the perimeter, my defender's probably just going to stay where he is and clog the lane up. And so we really try to emphasize cutting uh, during the season as a, as a skill uh, that's not just for yourself, but, you know, for the benefit of our team. And then you're also going to have to evolve your offense throughout the season if you're going to be successful with the amount of tape that gets out there. Uh, I'd say, you know, five or six games, Team, good teams are going to be able to stop what you're doing. Right. And so, yep. So they're going to see the major ways that you're scoring. They're going to take those away. And so then it has to become, all right, what are our next best ways to score? And then you got to get your players to understand that it might be hard to score the ways that they've been scoring. So these are going to be the next things that we do. And that could incorporate uh, some new concepts that you might have to build into your practices. Uh, you know, hopefully these are things that you've at least touched on in the preseason. Um, and, and that's the thing is like both in the preseason, uh, and during the year, um, this is a great way to keep the guys engaged and excited about what you're doing is 
if you're giving them new stuff that's trendy in the NBA um, and just working on it, it might, be, it might not be stuff that you're going to use right away, but get, get a look at it. You know, they could feel like, uh, make your players feel like, you know, you guys are running cool stuff. Um, and they get excited about that. You know, it can be boring to, uh, run the same, you know, bland stuff all the time. So we like to incorporate, uh, new and trendy actions, study a lot of NBA film, a lot of European professional basketball film, and just see what those teams are doing in the fall screen. Um, and then work on some of that stuff. And then that's going to be, a, a big part, for, at least for us, of how we evolve our offense going forward is, um, you know, seeing what teams are doing to counter a certain defense. And then, hey, maybe by, by January, February, we've touched on it. We've tried to incorporate it into some of our drills. And just at the most opportune time, we can be ready to, to implement some of that stuff. Okay, so what about, I, you know, I know in the offseason, um, you guys are really focused, offseason, preseason, really focusing on skill development. I have a question for you because um, I asked this question on Twitter a few weeks ago. I uh, got a few responses. Um, does, your, does your team like to focus on adding skills to players that's going to fit your system? You know, like if you were doing, uh, like you said, you got the uh, uh, on-ball uh, uh, motion that you're running, and you may have a player that's going to shoot a lot of threes from the corner. So do you focus on that player and really shooting threes from the corner and being effective out of that position? Or do you just try to add skills to that player to where they can play within your system? Uh, it, I mean, it's both. It's definitely both. Uh, a big part of skill development is, is getting really good at one thing. And everybody's not good at ball screens right away. Uh, right. But if you, have a, if you have a great shooter, great. So uh, he's going to help everybody out by being able to space the floor and knock down shots because teams are going to be scared of him getting open. So uh, you want to make sure that he can do that for your team at a high level. Um, but in our offense, which I think is very efficient um, and uh, very versatile. We like all the players on the floor to use ball screens. And so if somebody doesn't really have great um, ball screen skills coming in, we'll work with them on it. And we want him involved with ball screens because we don't want just one player using ball screens because that's a very narrow, narrowly focused offense. It's going to be – much easier for defenses to guard that uh, than if you have three players using ball which is how we do it. So we want all the players on the floor to be able to use them, uh, you know, the one, two, and three. And, you know, for that player that you're trying to develop his ball screen use, just start with something simple. And it's like, hey, I don't want you trying to uh, do anything crazy, but when you come off the ball screen, all you're trying to do is reverse the ball to the next guy, right? We're not asking you to do a lot, but uh, we, we want you using the ball screen. And, you know, and you're, you're giving them hundreds and hundreds of reps, right, where, where they get to see the role man, even though you're telling them, hey, 
don't don't force it, don't try to hit that guy. Um, where they're able to see the throwback, you know, don't force it, don't try to hit that guy. We're just asking to come off the ball screen and reverse it. Or maybe maybe they've shown a, uh, an ability to uh to to throw it back. So it's like, all right, every time you come off the ball screen, I want you to come off the ball screen, get the ball a little bit centered to the middle of the floor, and then throw it back to your guard that was rising up. And that's going to be like 90% of the time. That's what you do. Now, your player has got to be good enough to do a couple of those minimal things. And, hey, that's just what they do for a while. And then then now they've added that dimension to their game, and then you can build off of that. And then, uh, again, like, when you go through your options with your skill development, one on oh, two on oh, three on oh, uh, they're still going to be coming off and going through the options, hitting the roll guy various ways, uh, uh, getting into the lane and sticking out off a jump stop, uh, those sorts of things. And so you're, you're essentially building their additional skills um, to, to use ball screen. And, you know, it takes some time, but. They get there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got a couple more questions for you, Coach, and, and, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. Um, you had mentioned uh, watching film in season uh, when you're looking at your offense and finally trying to figure out different things that you can do. Do you use any film um, during your skill development with your players uh, to kind of add that, that – that extra, the extra little bit, to, so they can see where they may be lacking, things they're doing well. Do, do, do y'all use any kind of film during skill development? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, film is huge. Uh, so we watch it all the time. We watch it uh, in almost every way possible. We'll watch it as a whole team. We'll watch it in groups by position. Um, we'll watch it individually with players and, uh, we'll watch practice film. We'll watch inter-squad scrimmage film. We'll watch game film. Um, and I, you know, you can have an area, you know, you can have an area of focus. All right. We're going to go through our turnovers and see how we could have made better decisions here. Or we're going to look at, uh, you know, our transition and see, see, see what's going on. Maybe we're not spacing the floor or sprinting hard enough or something. Um, <clears throat> what I like to do with a player in terms of what you're talking about as it relates to skill development is just look at all their touches and, and, and see, because they're, they're going to be able to go back to that um, possession and remember you know, what happened from possession to possession. All right, what were you thinking here? Did you Did you see this? that was going on you know why did you make that decision well and then you can you know if you have a great understanding of your offense and what you want to get out of your offense you can explain to them on every touch what they should be looking at and you know where option a was and where option b was and you know hey this option a is a a little bit too dangerous so you need to be looking at option b right here you know and just kind of lay it out to them on a touch by a touch basis, you know, and over time they're going to get it. You know, if you're good, if your team is good and you're seeing and the players are seeing success in what you've been telling them. Um, and then, you know, if you're sitting down and looking at every touch a player has and 
and, and laying it out and also seeing that success where now you have evidence that it's working, they're going to eventually pick up on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've tried it. I've tried to use uh, some film. Um, so what I've been doing lately is recording them. And, and I know what I do is a little bit worse, the same as what you're doing. Um, but you're in more of a team setting and I'm in more of an individual type setting. But what I like to do is record them on my, on my phone. I have a Chromecast connected to a TV. Um, once I show them, then I put it up on that screen and I can, you know, break it down and show it slow, slow motion, zoom in, zoom out, highlight, add text and all that different stuff. So they can get or get a better understanding of what it is I'm trying to, trying to, uh, instill in them. Sometimes I've noticed that players think they're doing things a certain way until they actually see it on film. And then it comes to light. It's like the light bulb comes on. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's always a plus to use, to use film. Um, so, so let's talk about, we've talked about the one on the two on and the three on what does your team or what does your program do to implement like some decision making? Mm -hmm. uh, we know at the end of the day, every time a player touches the ball, they're making some type of decision. Do I, do I drive it? Do I pass it? Do I shoot? Um, so so what, what y'all like to do to try to incorporate, uh, you know, I guess the, the big term now is small sided game. Or what do you like to do to incorporate some, some uh, decision making? Yeah. Uh, so. And, you know, sort of the next stage after the three-on-O is uh, we're going to play some two-on-two. -two. And so now you're live and you got to make decisions. And that's typically we will go, you know, guard-to-guard, two-on-two. We will go post-to-post, two-on-two. But uh, the major thing in ball screens is going guard and post versus a guard and a post. Uh, and that's going to, you know, you're going to dictate the defense. Um, to try to help them get reps against the various types of defense. So you might say, all right, we're going two on two against the hard, against the hard hedge. Now that's going to be very easy for the offense to try to get some rolls for layup if you're hard hedging. And that's fine. You know, the guards are still, uh, getting drilled at, uh, getting reps in live action at trying to find that window, you know, avoid deflected passes and, and so forth. Um, and then flat hedge and switch. And going under are, are going to be more competitive two-on-two -two games where uh, the offense is going to probably have to work a little bit harder. And the emphasis there is just going to be, hey, let's get to a second and a third action. You're not necessarily going to get the best shot off of just one. And so we concentrate on stacking actions on top of actions with no, no pulling the ball out uh, or no hesitation or pause. And so that requires a lot of effort especially from the post guy who's going to be ball screening his butt off. Um, but that's what you need in a ball screen motion is uh, the post guys are really going to facilitate a lot of the offense and be on the move looking to set the next ball screen. So, um, And then the, the, the major part is the three-on-three three, uh, because that's just very game-like five-on-five situations that are just dummy down to three-on-three three and you're just reading one help defender. Right, so you have your ball screen player, you have your post guy setting the screen and doing what he's doing, and so there's going to be a defense uh, against the ball screen. But it's you know what is that other guy doing? Is he over helping? Well, then I'm kicking out. Is he under helping? Then I'm going to try to find my roll guy because they don't have help 
uh, at the basket. And uh, so, so you know, a, a lot of three-on-three, um, teaching them how to make decisions, you know, within the, that scenario in very, in very simple settings. And you're just drilling that. And it's okay that it leads to easier shots because that's what you want the team to understand. Well, you know, what we'll tell our guys is we're looking to uh, get layups and assisted threes. And so when you see them taking shots or making decisions that aren't leading to layups or assisted threes, uh, you can always go back to that and say, hey, you know, what is that getting us right there? Why did you try to make that play? And, you know, or why did you take that shot? It was too quick to take that shot. So we'll open it up uh, for some different types of shots and be a little bit more aggressive. You know, if we get under, say, eight or ten seconds on the shot clock, but prior to that, and even in transition, we're trying to get layups and assisted threes. And so uh, how do we do that? We get into the paint, and we try to draw help. If they rotate, we're kicking it out. If they don't rotate, we're at the rim for layups and, and you know, hopefully foul. And so those, those would be good possessions. They rotated. I kicked it out. They didn't rotate. I, I went to the rim. I got hedged. I got the ball to the post guy. And now he made the same decision. I rip to the basket, they rotate, I kick it out, they don't rotate, I'm to the rim for layups and free throws. Yeah. So all the coaches that's listening, you know, uh, man, you've given some some great information on how you actually take your offense, break it down into actions, everything from one on oh to two on oh to three on oh, how you actually put all this together. And again, like I said from the beginning, this is the best way to do skill development if you're in a team setting. There's nothing wrong with going to YouTube. There's nothing wrong with going to other websites and getting drills. And those are great to do, um, you know, to, to mix it up some, add a little flavor to your, to your uh, skill development program. But at the end of the day, you have to be good within your system and, and the way and the style that you play. And you gave some really, some really, really good information on how your team um, have done that, and and that's been and it's evident from the success that you've had or your team has had, especially over the last you know five or six years. So, the last question that I want to ask, um, I feel like with me as as a hired skills coach, um, I feel like this is very important. I know it's important um, for your program, and that's establishing a relationship with your players. I feel like, you know, we've heard this before. A player doesn't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So tell me real quick or tell the coaches, our listeners, about how you establish relationships with your players to build trust, which I feel like then equals buy-in. So let's talk a little bit about what do you do or what does the staff do to try to build your relationship with your players? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, time and effort spent um and if if you're putting together film of you know bradley beal because he moves really well without the ball and showing it to your guard hey you know you're good with the ball but you gotta get better identifying cutting situations and you know spotting up and using screens and so you pick out an nba player get a bunch of his clips and show them that uh, that's that's 
time and effort invested in that player. Uh, so those types of things help. Um, typically, if I'm going to uh, coach a guy, I just want to get in the gym with them. And uh, I, I don't really want to comment on their game. This is how it works with freshmen, like from day one. Uh, get in the gym with them and just shoot with them. And I'm not going to have much to say to them early on because I just want to see how they work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if we're just shooting, you know, and I'm rebounding for them and passing it out, I'm going to watch them shoot at least a couple hundred shots before I have an opinion on anything. Because uh, I'm not going to try to, I'm not trying to change people's shots or anything like that. But I want to see what they're doing consistently and what they're not doing consistently. And so uh, just watch them shoot. And I'm not going to have any comments until then. Uh, I think it's foolish to kind of just watch the kids shoot three times and then all of a sudden have, have this opinion on, on what they're doing and what their game is. You know, you got to watch them for, for a long time. And I think that the guys appreciate that. Uh, and, and obviously that's going to require you to put some time in there as opposed to have an opinion after five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're, you're going to develop or uh, you're going to, identify inconsistencies in their game by watching them do the same thing, you know, a couple hundred times. You know, you might find out that they don't shoot it as well moving to their left as they do it to their right because, you know, one leg is weaker than the other. So when they plant right-left, they're, they're uh, you know, they're right, if their right leg is weaker when they're moving to their left and they plant right-left, you know, they're just not as consistent. And so those are types of things that you got to watch your kids shoot the ball a couple hundred times to identify, you know, they might drift to the side when they're moving to their left or whatever the case may be. So uh, it's just time and effort spent. And I think that is going to help you develop the relationship with them. And then, you know, there's got to be some success there too. Yeah. If, if you can, if you can have some success and they can see that they can be successful doing things uh, the way you're suggesting, um, then you're going to have that, that sort of backbone to fall back on. Um, you know, you, you can't have guys or you can't expect guys to want to do what you want to do when, when um, nobody in your program is successful doing it that way and your team doesn't win. So you, you do need to have those checkpoints where you have some success that you can point to. And then the guys become believers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, Coach, man, again, you have given a lot of great information. And I appreciate you coming on here this morning, uh, giving us some of your time. So is there any additional or additional tips or advice you would like to share with our listeners on skill development before we uh, let you go? Um, you know, I guess related to the coaches, uh, like I just said a couple of minutes ago, I really do like just spending time with the players and not having an opinion right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's related to any sport. You know, if you're coaching somebody who's playing baseball and, you know, watch them take 50 or 100 swings before you have a comment on their swing after you see the third one. Or watch them throw the ball 50 or 100 times before you want to have a comment on their throwing motion. Um, and I just think your your feedback is, is going to be more well received by the by the individual 
Uh, and then as it relates to the players, you know, I heard somebody, somebody was saying on Twitter the other day, um, that maybe you're pigeonholing your kids in terms of their skills by teaching them your system, you know, as opposed to teaching them how to play basketball. And I just think it's both. You know, I don't think anybody has a system and they want the players to play within that system and then do nothing outside of that system. But if you don't start with something, then you're never going to get good at anything. And so, you know, and so in order to get teams to uh, close out hard to you, you got to get really good at shooting the three. Right. You know, otherwise they're not going to close out hard to you. And, and, and if you're not really good at shooting the three, you're not going to make the threes and you're just going to lose games. And so you have to get really good at something. Like when you mentioned the three-point shooter that can stay on the corner and make shots, um, that that's a great attribute for that player because he can build everything around making that shot in the corner. So now all of a sudden when he's open, he's going to get that shot. And now it's like, all right, let's build off of that. Teams don't want you to make that three in the corner. So when you do have op uh, an opening to, uh, to, to get the kick out, teams are going to be closing out hard to you. So that's the next step. So now let's build a little game off of, attacking a hard closeout because teams are going to try to get you quick when the ball kicks to you. So now you can work on their game against the closeout. And now let's say, all right, you run them off some screens within your offense too. All right, well, you can shoot it. So they're going to lock and trail on every screen. So we have to develop a, a little game uh, on curling around a screen because that's how you're going to be guarded all the time. Um, you know, what can we do to try to get teams to go under? Can we can we can we trick them or, or manipulate the defense to get them to go under? And now you can get some opportunities to shoot behind the screen. Uh, but what's your game curling to the basket? Uh, curling to the basket. And so you have to start with something. Yeah. Um, and you know that could be an individual skill for a player. You know, for a team, that's going to be you know where your system starts. But you're always going to be trying to branch off of that. Like I said before about the ball screens. Well, it relates to attacking closeouts because you're reading help and, and trying to find the open man. It relates to transition because if you're three on two, you're trying to draw one of those defenders to make two play one, uh, and then somebody's open. And so uh, it all stems from the same thing, but you got to get good. At, you got to have, you know, get good at one thing first. And then that's when uh, the floor will really start to open up for you as an individual and for your team if you're good at one thing, and then you can build off of that. Yeah, I, I basically call that skill stacking, you know, adding a skill that complements what you do well. So just like you said, you, you got a good shooter in the corner, you know, that they're going to close out hard. So that, that player now has to be able to add a skill that complements being able to shoot shoot that, uh, that spot up three. So attacking the closeout, or if you're going to run them off screens, they're going to lock and trail. So, yeah, um, that's that's really good right there. So I want to let everybody know how they can uh, contact you or, or follow you on social media. You give them all your social media uh, handles. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm at Yale Kinger, Y-A-L-E-K-I-N-G-E-R uh, on Twitter. Um, I can take direct messages. 
uh, I'm also on the Yale website, uh, and you can contact me through that. And uh, I appreciate you having me on, giving me a chance to talk a little bit, share some knowledge, and um, good luck with everything. And, and I hope the listeners can get something out of this. Well, that's it for today's show. I appreciate everyone that tuned in. I hope you found it valuable and informative. If you like today's show, please share on social media and tag me. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at NBNBball. Also, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and please give me a five-star rating. Also, be sure to check out my book, The Skill Development Playbook. This book will help you understand how to get organized and know what real skill development is. It can be found on my website by visiting tjonesfirm.com forward slash sdp hyphen book. Paperback is $9.99. The PDF version is $3.95. And also going to be found on Amazon. Just search Skill Development Playbook and it should pop up. It's $9.99 for the paperback or $3.99 for the Kindle version. Now, if you need to contact me for anything skill development related, I can be reached by email at info at tjonesfirm.com. That's info at tjonesfirm.com. Again, I appreciate you for tuning in. Until next time, thank you. God bless.